Theo's tidying up, I'll get him to tidy up. And he'll tidy up. Jackson won't tidy up because he's three. He's no idea. And He's three? Yeah. And He's not tidying up. No, he's not. No. He's not. He's eating Lego. Yeah. He's not putting it in a box. And Theo will be like, Jackson, you've got to tidy up with me. And it's like, if you spent half the time tidying up that you spend asking Jackson to do it, this will be done by now. And it's just saying to him, right, if you tidy up, this will happen. How, like, does, he, how does that flow through to adulthood because you see this in adults yeah like what's the win like what is the actual what's the end game what is it that you actually want to get out of this and then what are you going to do to sabotage it that's the big one is like what's your goal but then how many things are you gonna let your ego dictate how to not get that goal how many battles are you gonna want to fight just to fight I had a dude, I had a dude on one of my courses, awesome guy, like a really, just a worldly guy, He well-traveled, great to chat to, like he was just a great guy, one of the ones you could, you know, he'd, he'd meet the customers and it'd be every customer from 65-year-old granny to, to a 15-year-old kid and he could find common ground with them all, but he would fight every battle just to fight that battle. That was that significance thing, you know, it was just, I'm just going to, I'm right. This guy, you know, this guy's fighting the vegan battle and this guy's fighting the carnivore battle and he just literally just to fight a battle and it's like, come on. And then it got to that point where no one would want to work with the dude. No one would want to, you know, kind of. Because anything that come up, he always feels like he has to win. Totally. And not even win, but just be the dude who's like, I'm objecting. What are you objecting for this week? Is it save the whales? Is it save the trees? Oh, is, yeah. You know, it's like just one of them dudes is just doing it to do it. And it's like, come on, bro. And people realize he was just, you know, it's like you actually don't care about. Because that's this thing that's in his psyche. Yeah. You actually don't care about what it is that you, you're trying to fight. You are literally just there to argue. And you must have seen. You must have seen so many people uh, um, in business over the years that have blown opportunities or missed opportunities because the ego's flared up and they've either fought a battle that's not remotely worth fighting, remotely worth even engaging in, let alone fighting, and people that have had these big reaction outbursts as opposed to thinking, what's the strategic plan? What do I want to get out of this? And they've not, there's no foresight. They've not thought through how to get to this point. They've literally just been flying by the seat of the pants and reacted to everything yeah. you must have seen people like that yeah normally when an organization is going through a state of change in terms of like management and leadership yeah or? in terms of a new direction right. or some strategic thing that that is happening that's going all the way through the organization and there are certain levels or certain positions that uh there's it's going to be harder for you know there's going to be some hard graft and things aren't things aren't going to be done in a way that they've always been done where's the um i'm a firm believer in like stopping these things before they start you know i, I think that prevention is better than cure where do you think the stop is for things like that like what what are what are the things you need to do in terms of like a reinforcing thing to stop things like that happening within 
an organisation. I think when it's change and everyone deals with change differently, mm. it it always comes back to the why. And I, and I think it. yeah, and I think where where people really struggle with change and they dig their toes in and they're being difficult and they don't want to do it, then they probably don't understand the why or they understand the why but they feel like they haven't been heard they feel like they haven't been able to give their feedback right. or their opinion and you've got to enable that one of the things what i would be really really strongly about um sort of reinforcing to a lot of my guys over the years would be you've got another why but more than that there's got to be a compelling story so it's kind of like that classic thing of the boss saying um you guys need to sell more products so we need to make more money so i can put 98 in the Lambo you know it's like well you've told us the why but bro throw something down at the front lines I don't care that you want to put top end gas in your top end car you know that's nothing to do with me and there's got to be a compelling story about how it affects every person so that they understand their role within that team and within that unit and um, you know I, I see people they'll explain something but they won't relate it they won't get that link and get that hook into that person. There's no, there's no believability about it. There's nothing compelling. There's no reason to go to bat for this person. Yeah, if something, if I've been doing something a certain way for years, and it's always worked and it's always got the results, and then suddenly you're telling me to do something different, and you're not giving me a good reason why we're going to be doing it this way, and you know, I'm, I need to be able to, I'm. If I can't buy into it and I'm not coming along for the journey, then it's not going to happen. Right, this COVID thing, prime example, where um, you you can imagine two months before this thing hit, when it wasn't on anyone's radar, if someone had said, right, we need to put more focus into our, you know, like a coaching thing, you know, like prime example at CrossFit, someone's saying, right, we need to start putting a lot more emphasis now into online coaching into dealing with people outside of box programming for at home you'd be like what are you talking about why would we do that there's no point doing that but you could explain to that person that it's going to add so much more value to this person you're targeting that person for the 23 hours that they're not in the gym so on and so forth and you know necessity breeds invention we've had to do that we've had to do that with these lockdown periods where you know everything we did was online and there was no equipment left in the gym because every you know we lent all the equipment out to people and i think you need to be quite um I think you need to be quite skilled and quite passionate about identifying that and then explaining that and explaining that through all the tiers of your organization that says, why is this important to the guys below me, below them, below them, to the guys right down there on the front line? How is this going to affect these? Yeah. And most importantly to the customer, if you're in a business that has customers and most businesses do, you know, what is the impact on the customer? Mm. COVID-19 is a really like good example of how well many businesses have dealt with change and agility. My business, we've been talking about an online, uh, a, a cloud-based call center for two years. Just to give some context, you are in a, an online retail yeah, online retail, situation. Online retail yeah. business, Kiwi-owned. Um, about 40 people in, in the business, um, heavily dependent on our call center. And for two years, we've been weighing up whether it's worthwhile moving to a cloud-based call center system over your traditional phone-based, which, you know, 80% of businesses still have. Yeah. And uh, 
when COVID hit and we realized that everyone had to work from home, that thing that we'd been tossing up for two years, whether to do, we turned it around in a day. Because you had to. Because we had to. A, a day. Right. I think it was the last one. We, we did a Q&A on the last one and it was um, and it was a question saying, um, do you think we... Something around like the questions we already know the answers to so we can kind of delay action. Perfect example. When you don't... When there's no... Like, I always say to people, right, if there was a gun to your head, what would you do? You would make that happen. You would make that happen. Look at it in terms of a workout. You've got five burpees left. There's 20 seconds. I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm too tired. Whatever. All right. If there was a gun to your head, what would you do now? Like five burpees in 20 seconds. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. You know, necessity. Yeah, it can be done. It can be. It can be. But you've got to find where's that traction point? Where's that traction point? And if your story is compelling enough, if your story is believable enough, if people want to get on board with your story, they are more likely to feel that and execute that and it flows down and flows down and flows down. People understand it. You know, you hear a lot about this thing, um, you know, people talk about millennials, you know, this this whole thing with the millennials and, and you know, they don't want to work and anything like that. It's like, well, is it true? Are, are they, you know, or is it that they want to know why it is they doing what they're doing? You know, I think millennials get a really hard time. I do. Yeah, I really do. I think millennials, they absolutely do want to work. They just don't want to work in the same way that we've been working yeah. for the last 50 yeah. years. The worst reason to do something is because we've always done it this way. A hundred percent. And that's why this whole working from home thing has been really, really good. And the millennials that I worked with have probably done the best. We've got... Because um, they've been given a little bit of rope, a little yeah. bit of trust. They're managing their own time. They don't have a big whip over them telling them to take your break at this point. Not that we do that, but, no, but you know what I mean, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they get pushed into a box and they've got to conform a certain way because we've done shit the same way for 50 years. And they're seeing things years. done now, you know, the exposure that they've got to the social media world. Now, they're seeing things now that's like, it's directly opposite to that. It's directly challenging that. Of course, they're going to want to know why it is. And if your answer is, we've always done it that way. Yep. It's like, you're going to need a better answer. Anymore. You're going to need a better answer. And also, like, smart. You know, young people are smart. Yeah. You know, they, they're asking, they want to challenge why. Why are we doing it this way? Like one of the reasons that we're moving facilities at CrossFit is completely based on the teenage contingency that we've got down there. Because we want it to be better for them guys. Like they are such a big part of it. And they want to know why they're doing what they're doing. We yep. spend so much time explaining it. It's like, you know, it's, it shouldn't be a hardship just because, you know, what's the problem with them? Well, the problem is that you actually don't want to explain it and you don't have an answer. And, you know, that, that compelling story is huge. And to kind of go back to what I was alluding to originally is, is just this idea of when people start to lose control emotionally when they start to react to a situation, it's because they don't understand strategically where that situation's going and they're not passionate enough about that situation. They don't understand their role in that situation or all that plan to be able to fight off those things that say, right, lose your temper now, this is a red flag. Just, you know, they start blowing up at things. It's absolutely just tactical, right? I just want to win this little battle. I want to win this thing against this person now. Think big picture. Because, you know, I'm, I'm fully intent on the fact that when it when you 
solely set out to beat that one person instead of thinking of where the bigger picture is, nobody wins. One person loses more slowly. Nobody wins. And this, um, I'll give a kind of skydiving example with this now because what, what COVID did was, I think, was it showed us what the actual extreme of something is. And this is why the skydiving um, examples and what, what I learned while I was doing that was so relevant because it was life 500x. So it was every mistake you would make in life you made it in the air 500 times faster with 500 times more consequence. That's why it was so relevant. So one of the things that I would be really strongly about briefing guys on is there was a particular skydiving level that they would do. And traditionally, it'd been taught really badly. And it was where they'd been taught to turn in the sky. So they'd start to move around an axis instead of just kind of falling what we call down the tubes. They'd start to move left and right. And the old school guys would teach them to turn and you look this way, like you're crossing the street, look this way and turn. And it's the worst, it, you, it's a recipe for disaster. But why do we do it like that? Because we've always done it. And what you're trying to get them to do is bank the body. So one of the things that I was really, really conscious of is saying to these guys, like, I'm going to come in front of you. I'm going to give you a signal. And what I want to see first for the first few seconds is nothing i want to see you first of all take a breath and not react when i give you a signal to move left or to move right the first thing you do is acknowledge me literally like in the air non-verbals roger that take a breath and then execute and the guys that did that flew through it the ones that didn't were the ones that as soon as I give the signal, move right or move left, would just react straight away, let the dog see the rabbit, whack. They would go to what was predetermined in them. They'd spin out of control. Tailspin. Yeah, and death spin. They'd How do you get someone out of a death spin like that? Uh, you got you to, to go and save them. Yeah, you got to get in there and, you, you know, and they Otherwise, spin. they just spin all the way until the ground. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it, you know, it, it's a it's a situation, and literally, like the the ground would stop them because they get to a certain point where they black out. But the point I'm making with that is, I would say to these guys that this is going to happen. I'm going to let you go. You're in a really good position. You have the opportunity now in a good situation to make a good decision. But if you make a bad decision in a good situation, this thing goes sideways on you. You're now in a bad situation. What do you think the likelihood is of you making a good decision yeah. now? Zero. And the soon as you're in that, as soon as you're in that, because they made an emotional decision like, and then I've got to do something. Argh! And as soon as he'd done that, then they were just playing catch up. They were behind the game. They were chasing it and they were just making bad decision after bad decision. Like someone who's who's got a business who's just throwing that, you know, you see him on Dragon's Den all the time. I'm $200,000 in debt. We've talked debt. about it before. Bro. Fail fast. Yeah, It's the biggest mistake I've seen with entrepreneurs people starting businesses the ego says yeah it's gonna work yeah. keep going keep going keep going in five years it'll be worth 10 million dollars like if an idea doesn't take within the first year to two years it's unlikely unless you do something drastically different with it that it's gonna turn into the 10 20 30 million dollar thing mm. like normally these things they they either work or they don't and the whole fail fast is the most important thing in my opinion Check. but the ego fights you and yeah. says nah yeah if, you, if your going. playbook is you open it opens a picture of kevin costner you know saying build it and they will come if that's your playbook like you need a different play you need something yeah. more you need something more than that and i've worked with some amazing people and 
the one thing they've always had in common is they fail fast and they don't have they everyone's got ego but they've got the ability to say it's actually not working so let's just try this now yeah let's try this like that ability to subordinate your ego to and and to put you know, this whole strategic thinking to put the strategic plan like what is it that we doing this for yeah. does it matter how we get there no it doesn't what are we doing it for if your idea is better than mine if you've got something that you can throw into this that's going to make us get there faster cool am i intent on that am i intent on the strategic plan getting to the end state or am i intent on getting my way yeah and it's also about things being time bound. Yeah. You've got to put a timeline yes. on things. Like when do I expect this thing is going to work? And you can use it, you know, you can apply it to anything in life. But, you know, we're talking about business. My thing is going to do X by when. And I'm getting close to when. So if it's not working by when, what am I going to do differently? And when? Check. I mean, you know, we've, we've given the box two and a half years and we got to a point where now it's like out of necessity out of necessity we have to move we have to go into a bigger place because it's just it's got that way and then we're saying you know we're saying to people right we're going to move when you're going to move we're going to be opening in four weeks <gasps> are you going to be ready well, yeah we're going to be ready yeah like because we have to be because we said this is when we're opening so we have to be and you know once you put that once you put that time stamp on it that's, that's realistic but that's not so kind of vague that it gives you so much ground to be like, oh, do whatever. It's like, cool, you're going to have to do it. Um, and it doesn't matter how it gets done to a point. It doesn't matter how it gets done. It doesn't matter, you know, whether you do most of the work or I do most of the work or someone else comes in and does that. It's like, what is it we're trying to achieve? How is it that we're going to get there? And, you know, these emotional flare-ups that people kind of get into based on it's not their idea. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also like a pro- a progress perfection. You know, like you're going to open. It's not going to be perfect. No. There's going to be things that we thought, oh, this will work. They uh, won't work. A hundred. They won't work. A hundred percent. But you still opened. Like you still made enough progress that yeah. you opened and you're on your way. But, just because it's not perfect, you're not going to throw the whole thing away and go, ah, it that wasn't being perfect, said, so we, we just don't have a business anymore. Exactly. But we're taking two and a half years of mistakes into it that we've identified, no, we shouldn't have done it like that in the original place. We've got a chance now to make that right and find another two and a half years worth of mistakes. Yeah, and like yours is a really good example of you've worked out of a 60 square meter space for two and a half years. And so going into a new, much bigger space, you have mastered the art of managing a business in a small space yeah so and everything that goes along with it yeah the lessons learned moving through into the bigger one and the amount of times where i've i've gone home and i've said to becky we should do this and we've done it and it's been a disaster yeah and i've gone home and said we should do this and i've done it and it's been an absolute success but what i'm not going to do is hold on to any of them this is one of the things you know um when you get someone that is constantly comparing to what they used to do i was able to do this i was able to do that or five years ago we did this a week ago we did that bro you are living in the past stop living in the past literally stop living in the past this person said this to me you're in the past like it has no influence on what you're doing how is it that we're going to move forward and all these little battles and these little fights that people have 
that are ego flare-ups because they want to be proved right as opposed to get the strategic win. They want to be proved right. They're living in the past and it's it's dangerous. Eh? It's real, real dangerous. Well, I, you know, I'd sit in skydiving right at the tip of the spear. It would result in someone, you know, having to have their life saved or plummet into the ground. You sit in business where people just completely lose everything financially. You sit in relationships. How many relationships where people just won't give you know, that husband and wife dynamic and they just will not give. They'll fight it and fight it and fight it. And ultimately, you know, all of those over the years end up with the end of a relationship. 100%. Uh, the best lesson I've learned is my wife is always right. Check. I mean, it's not hard. No, it's not at all. Um, Where can people find you? On the socials, full spectrum of socials, Instagram, Facebook, at The Altitude Leader, Twitter, at Altitude Leader, no the, because it won't fit. Um, website, if you want to fire any questions in, you can do so via email on the website, uh, altitudeleader.co.nz. Um, I'm going to hit you with a product. Oh. That we've been, this is CrossFit exclusive. Bonus. So yeah, it's bonus. I'm going to hit you with this product um, that I've just got onto and I used it the first time in the UK about six months ago while we were visiting Ward Wax. Yes. Now, you'll be up with the wax because you're a big surfer. But this is um, this is a specific wax that you put on the pull-up bar and just get that grip out there. But what I'm saying about this is I was super impressed with the company that I got it through. They don't manufacture it, but I was trying to get it in New Zealand. Couldn't get it anywhere. I was going to have to go down the Amazon route or the eBay route, whatever, and get it brought in from um, the US. But there's a company down in Wellington called FX. Oh, yes. And they kick ass. They yeah, absolutely they're kick awesome. ass. So I bought... Um, so I bought my jaw grips so i've been Shit. yeah so so when i started doing crossfit i couldn't do a pull-up like i couldn't do yeah. i couldn't pull my own weight as a man over a bar and what we're not saying with that is oh i should be able to do that as a man but look it's an empowering thing no no i just you like, should be able to do it i'm a man who couldn't pull himself up and even do one or two get your ass over the bar and uh anyway so over the last two years it's like i've become obsessed with being able to do pull-ups and i learned how to kip and now i can do butterfly pull-ups which is amazing um and i love it and of course when you're doing pull-ups in high volume it rips up your hands so i did a lot of research on grips and i tried quite a few different ones and these jaw grips they're they're thin and you feel like they're not even on your yeah. hand and uh I bought them from this great little business. I think they're based down in Wellington. They are in Wellington. Um, yeah. And the service, fantastic. They arrived with a personalized note. Notes. So you got the note with the Personalized yeah, note yeah. and a chocolate. And you know what? What a great thing to open up that package yeah. and know that something's been, it's been packed with care. My name's on the note and they've said, enjoy your new grips. Thanks for shopping with us. I'll tell you why, for me, why it's such a, a deal breaker that is they don't have to do it they don't have no. they don't have to take nope. the time to write that note they don't have to take the time to put that chocolate in there they don't have to take the time to do that but they do yep. they do what they don't have to to just have a business and yeah you know, that was kickass fxd.co.nz i think it is yeah so um, anything crossfit paraphernalia yep. wise i would hit them before i hit the um the big keep it local Great people, great little solution. I'm just going to throw this one out now. Um, as few words as possible. 
how long have you been waiting for your new Reebok Nanos? So, I, so I've been training the Nano 5s for three... I've had them for three years and I've been training like five days a week in them for two. They're gripless now. Eh? They're gripless. They're like... Like, like if I if I walk down a slippery piece of concrete, like I could I could running slide down a massive hill. Shit. There's no grip on them whatsoever. And I thought I'm I saw the ten the nano tens come out and I thought I'm gonna get those. And I bought them from Wadlife. And look, you know, I work for an online business too, so I totally understand the pain. Where's the where's the where was the stinger in this? So they dispatched them. Like they dispatched them within a few days and they actually sent me a note to say, I'm really sorry how long it's taken to dispatch them. Great. Like wildlife are normally really good, but they've been sitting in Adelaide for I think six, five or six weeks now. No movement whatsoever. What did they ask you to do? (laughs) They sent me an email and they said, please review your new shoes. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I just sent them, I sent them a photo of my foot with a sock on it and said, nah, it's just still not here. So I disappointed Silver. Yeah, I know. I can't wait to get them though. But look, it, that just comes back to what so I was saying. There. Like, where's the compelling story to get on board with that company that has no idea whether or not you've got your product? Whereas, and that, and that's know, it, you know, like normally, deal breaker for me. normally great, but for whatever reason, their system says... We think after five weeks you've received your thing, so we're randomly going to send you an email to ask you for a review instead of making sure the tracking says I've delivered it. Check. And that's the difference. So, no, I still haven't received my shoes. They're still in Australia. At time of yeah, going my to press. $200 shoes. They will arrive at some point, and, uh, you know, I'll still... I'll keep rocking my Nano 5s. Until that day. So uh, message for everyone there. Look after your people. Your people will look after you. Yep, 100%. Wrap. Boom.